98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodjart. The headlines this lunchtime. John Lee says the COVID infection risk on the mainland is the lowest in the world and that's why people there don't need to be vaccinated to come to Hong Kong. Respiratory medicine expert Lung Chi Chu says the recent surge in COVID-19 infections may have peaked a few days ago. And Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the administration will present a roadmap for innovation and technology development by the end of the year. Chief Executive John Lee says the COVID infection risk on the mainland is the lowest in the world and that's why people there don't need to be vaccinated to come to Hong Kong. Speaking to media before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr Lee was responding to an online post purportedly by a mainland visitor who described obtaining a vaccine pass in the SAR despite being unvaccinated. The, the CE added that Hong Kong was in talks with Shenzhen's authorities with regard to a so-called reverse quarantine system. What I intend to do is to create a system which in the long run, however the situation of the uh, pandemic develops on either side of the boundary, the system can continue to ensure that it will proceed without big changes. That is why we have suggested of implementing the concept of reverse quarantine or pre-quarantine. This is, as you know, in progress. There are a lot of challenges, of course, to overcome, but I think um, through communication, eventually we will be able to achieve some sort of arrangement. Mr Lee added that the COVID situation in Hong Kong remains severe and that a range of anti-epidemic measures are still needed. After the daily tally came down to around 8,000 yesterday, he said authorities would continue to monitor the trend following the mid-autumn festival. Mr Lee renewed his call for people to get jabbed against COVID, saying the higher the uptake, the better the chances of Hong Kong resuming normal social and economic activities. Any measures that this government take while very conscious of the need of society returning to normal activities and economy allowing to develop, plus ensuring Hong Kong's competitiveness, the government cannot turn a blind eye to these two very facts, that the hospital has already cut 30% of its service in order to deal with the COVID epidemic. And also, the high-risk groups are under real threat to their health and to their life because vaccination rates for these high-risk groups is still unsatisfactory. Respiratory medicine expert Lung Chi Chu says the recent surge in COVID-19 infections may have peaked a few days ago. Dr Lung said data suggests the spread of the dominant and more transmissible BA.5 variant has slowed down in the past week. He added that current trends were in line with infection rates elsewhere and indicated authorities could start contemplating an end to quarantine requirements for inbound travellers. Why did we have to prevent imported cases? It was because there was a difference in our epidemic situation. But as this outbreak eases, we can be quite sure that our daily infection rate and the dominant variants are the same with other places, unless other more dangerous variants emerge elsewhere. In fact, if the epidemic situation is the same on Hong Kong Island and in Kowloon, there's no reason to stop people from crossing from one place to the other. The Hospital Authority Chief Executive Tony Koh has tested positive for COVID through a rapid antigen test. A spokesman for the authority said Dr Koh last went to work yesterday and is now under isolation. 
The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, says a roadmap will be in place by the end of the year that sets out a plan for innovation and technology development in Hong Kong over the next five to ten years. At a forum hosted by the Our Hong Kong Foundation, the Minister said the government had already done a lot to facilitate the sector, including investing more than $150 billion over the past five years, and that con- concrete results had been achieved despite the pandemic. Mr Chan said that under the Northern Metropolis strategy, the Hong Kong and Shenzhen Innovation and Technology Park and the Lok Ma Chau San Tin area will, to- will together form the San Tin Technopole, facilitating, facilitating cooperation with the greater Bay Area cities. He said Hong Kong's role as a regional innovation hub was taking shape, but that different industries must collaborate to, to achieve better outcomes. Hong Kong has long been well regarded for excellence in research. But only when research outcomes are better integrated with commercialization and products could we expect our INT development to be more sustainably powered. Overseas, President Volodymyr Zelensky says Ukraine's forces are continuing their counter-offensive in eastern and southern Ukraine, which he says has already liberated nearly 6,000 square kilometres of territory. The extent of the gains can't be verified, but in many places Russian forces appear to have turned and fled. Moscow calls it a a pre-planned regrouping. Speaking at a news conference in Mexico City, the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, praised what he called Kiev's significant progress. Fundamentally, Ukraine is fighting for its homeland, for its future. Um, The uh, Russians who are there are not. Ukraine is not theirs. Ukraine does not belong to Russia. It belongs to the Ukrainian people. And that's the single uh, biggest difference maker, as I said, that I think we're seeing play out now. Norway has agreed a new results-based deal with Indonesia to reduce the clearance of its tropical forests. It says the deal could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars to Jakarta. Indonesia cancelled a similar arrangement last year, saying it had seen too little financial return. The BBC's Louisa Pilby reports. Indonesia has long been among the world's worst emitters of greenhouse gases from cutting down and burning vast areas of its rainforests. Now Norway has agreed a deal to pay it hundreds of millions of dollars to reduce climate change. Under the new agreement, Norway will send Jakarta an initial $56 million payment for its deforestation reduction in previous years. And Indonesia has made some progress by reducing forest loss for five straight years up to 2021. Members of the public in Edinburgh have been filing past the coffin of Queen Elizabeth, who is lying at rest in the 12th century St Giles Cathedral in the heart of the Scottish capital. In long, snaking queues, thousands have continued paying their respects. These people were among them. I've come up from Yorkshire and Ryan's come from... Yeah, I'm a student in Edinburgh, but originally from Ireland. I was just compelled. I just want to pay my respects. So we queued for eight and a half hours. We went in and uh, went past the, the coffin and it was very emotional and it was very quiet. I've been told it will be 12 hours, but I don't know if I'm going to last 12 hours. We'll see how long we last. Civil liberties groups in Britain say they're deeply concerned that several anti-monarchy protesters have been arrested at events marking the royal transition. There have been at least four such arrests, although all have been subsequently released.
A United Nations expert has warned that Afghan women and girls have faced staggering repression since the Taliban seized power in August 2021. Richard Bennett, the UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights in Afghanistan, said the Taliban's denial of the freedom of expression amounts to a dissent towards authoritarianism. He urged the Council not to turn its back on the people of Afghanistan, especially its women and girls. There's no country in the world where women and girls have so rapidly been deprived of their fundamental human rights, purely because of gender. Half of the population cannot continue to be ignored and deprived of their rights. The de facto authorities must change their policies and uphold women's rights. Several Afghan women activists urged the 47-member council to set up a mechanism to investigate abuses. Police in Western Australia say a man has been killed by the kangaroo he had been keeping as a pet. It's the first such fatal attack in more than 80 years. Paramedics were called on Monday to a rural property 400 kilometres south of Perth, but were prevented from treating the man by the animal. Police were then forced to shoot the kangaroo, which they believe had attacked him earlier in the day. Australia is home to about 50 million kangaroos, but attacks are rare. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 19.452. That's 90 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53.4 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 142.46 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. To sport and in NFL, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle as a visiting quarterback ended in disastrous fashion. Wilson left the Seahawks after 10 seasons in the summer and led the Denver Broncos in their season opener. A bizarre call made by Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett right at the death cost the visitors dearly. With the game on the line on 4th and 5th, Hackett opted not to let Wilson run a play. Instead, he decided to go for an implausible 64-yard field goal and the the Seahawks held on to win 17-16. England's cricketers have recorded an emphatic nine-wicket win over South Africa in the third test at the Oval to take the series 2-1. The home side needed only 25 minutes to score the 33 runs they needed on the fifth morning of the deciding test. Zach Crawley was 69 not out and Ollie Pope 11 not out. England have won six of their seven tests under new coach Brendan McCullum and captain Ben Stokes. I think throughout this whole series has not sort of been, you know, a real individual standout performer throughout the whole series. Um, and when it comes to team sport, you, you always want to be able to, to turn to different individuals at different times and hope that they can deliver for you. And I feel as if, whether that's been with bat or ball, it's been someone different stepping up at different occasions. Um, and that's what you need to win a series against a team like South Africa. You said at the start of this match that it would be an honour to play in memory of the Queen and there was the, the build-up on that mm. opening day as well and play got underway. Did you feel that that energy, emotion was almost harnessed by the team? Honestly, I'll never forget walking down the stairs there on um, day three to complete silence from 30,000 people. Actually, like you know, the old saying, the silence was deafening. Um, never experienced anything like before. It was seriously special to, to be a part of like that. And then obviously to sing the, to sing the anthem um, with, the, with the little change to it was special again. But that day in particular, walking down the stairs at the Oval, I'll never forget. 
South Africa's Dean Elgar suffered his first Test Series loss since taking over as captain last year. He says a lack of experience was the reason, the reason for the defeat after the tourists won the opening Test. It was a massive learning curve for all of us. A lot of young guys within our batting lineup, and I'm sure they've been exposed to what Test cricket is really about and what the standard is about and the intensity of play. Um, so, yeah, in, in a sense, that is a positive, but um, yeah, it's still disappointing not to uh, get the results in our favour. After all, football fixtures in the UK were postponed at the weekend as a mark of respect following the death of Queen Elizabeth. It's been confirmed that fixtures are resuming, but three games won't be played in the next round of the English Premier League. The BBC's Maz Farouki has details. Well, the issues for authorities this Monday in the UK and sports governing bodies have been discussing this with the government as if matches can be policed properly given that forces are being deployed around Queen Elizabeth II's lying in state before her state funeral in seven days' time. But the three British sides involved in home games in the European Champions League group stage this week will play those fixtures. That's Liverpool against Ajax on Tuesday. Rangers will play on Wednesday now against Napoli, the same night that Chelsea face RB Salzburg. But Arsenal's Europa League match against PSV Eindhoven on Thursday has been postponed, though, as have two games additionally in the Premier League next weekend. Brighton against Crystal Palace on Saturday the 17th had already been called off five days ago because of a planned rail strike here. That game remains postponed this coming weekend alongside now Manchester United against Leeds and Chelsea's game against Liverpool. Both of those were scheduled to be played on Sunday the 18th. The Liverpool left-back Andy Robertson will miss tonight's Champions League game against Ajax because of a knee injury that's expected to keep him out for at least the rest of the month. Meanwhile, his Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says he doesn't expect Naby Keita to go on an international duty with Guinea later this month. The midfielder has been sidelined with a thigh problem since August. He's been left out of the club's Champions League squad but was called up by Guinea for friendlies against Algeria and the Ivory Coast. No, I don't expect him to go on international duty. The, the, the expected return date was somewhere in October. That's why we had to make the decision. Um, with Ox is the same. Um, and that's why the boy, two boys are not in the Champions League squad, because after the expected return date, which always can differ a little bit with earlier stuff like this, but we had to make the decision now or last week, and that's why we made the decision. Look at the weather, fine and dry apart from some haze. Very hot again today with a top temperature of about 35 light to moderate northerly winds. The current temperature is 35 degrees with humidity of 40%. And the top stories once again, John Lee says the COVID infection risk on the mainland is the lowest in the world and that's why people there don't need to be vaccinated to come to Hong Kong. Respiratory medicine expert Long Chi Chu says the recent surge in COVID infections may have peaked and Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the administration will present a roadmap for innovation and technology before the end of the year. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Captain out to search for something new I don't know if I'll be coming soon
afternoon to you that is elevation braxton falcon here on radio three it's the brew it's week two about 10 minutes well no but less than that really we're off to new zealand to say hi to dr marion pierce who's taking us walkies again so do join us on facebook live if you've got 10 minutes spare want to have a look around it's always worth it (laughs) 